Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show where we talk about short video games, the sort of thing that you can complete in an evening or a weekend, video games that respect your time. I'm your host, Reagan Kelly, and I am joined by my two awesome co-hosts, Laura J. Nash. How are you doing, Laura? I'm doing fantastic. And Nate. How are you doing, Nate? Doing well. Wondering what the J stands for. It stands for Jane. Okay. I might have known that already. I knew your middle name started with a J, but I never thought about it, so... Yeah. I'm glad to get a clear. Uh, I just there. realized I gave uh, Laura both a last name and a middle initial, and I just called you Nate, Nate Heininger. So uh, <laughs> you, you are Nate right. Heininger. Uh, I'll give you. Thank what you. is your middle initial, Nate? A. A. For what? It stands for Aldrich, which is my mother's maiden name. Dude, I like that a lot. How did I not know that about you after so long? You sound like a wizard. I just learned Laura's middle name, so this is a real breakthrough, guys. I feel like. <laughs> Uh, Reagan, wait, Reagan, what's your middle name? My middle name is Reagan. Wait. Yeah, James. Wait. We've had this discussion before, but for the listeners, my middle name is Reagan. Uh, actually, my name is James Reagan Rice Kelly. So there you go. If you want to uh, try and, I don't know, Google search my social security. Wait, your uh, middle and name this is week Rice? on this short game, we're talking about middle names, but also Inside by Play Dead Games. And this is a game I've been super, super excited about. We're a little late on getting to it in that, you know, we're not recording the very day it came out, mainly because none of us have Xbox Ones. Um, and it was a little bit of a timed uh, early release on Xbox One. But now that it's out on Steam... Uh, we're talking about Inside by Play Dead Games, the same folks that brought you Limbo, uh, short game episode 57. Well, this is the type of exclusive I can deal with. I'm okay with waiting one week for a game, but waiting a year for Rise of the Tomb Raider is ridiculous and sad. Yeah, that I think finally got a date for its PS4 release. I, I, it's been out on Steam for a while now, and I've just been mm-hmm. too lazy to, to like play and install it, but I'll probably get around to it when the uh, when the PS4 release comes up. Yeah, I really have no excuse. I'm mostly just ranting about exclusives. I played the first one on Steam and could totally, <laughs> could totally yeah, play it here. on my... <laughs> well, inside. Uh, yeah, yeah. Back on topic. Thank you, Laura. It's uh, Xbox One and uh, Steam for Windows only, uh, which is why I didn't finish the game. I had a video driver issue halfway through, but it's so good that I forced myself on the podcast anyway to talk up to the spoiler break. Yes. So this game has a lot of real big surprises, and I just want to let you know way in advance we are going to have a big old spoiler break probably two-thirds of the way through the episode. After that spoiler break, we're going to be talking about spoilery ending stuff. Um, But we're going to do all our talking about just the game in generalities and how much we liked it and why and how interesting it is and how it compares to the Play Dead's previous game, Limbo, pre-spoiler break in as spoiler-free a fashion as possible. Or rather, spoiler light, because we are going to be talking about some of the early game uh, puzzles and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It is a puzzle game that, uh, while zero dialogue and zero heads-up display, does have a um, very interesting story that's up for interpretation. And so if uh, you feel that that would be something that you want to experience firsthand, uh, you know, we're going to be going into that kind of right out of the gates. It's a major part of the game. So the spoiler for this episode is we really, really liked this game. If you want a totally fresh experience, go play it and then join us afterwards. This game was really, really good and worth the wait. I think this is one of the the times where the majority of this episode is going to be us gushing. Um, I know that's the majority of the games we cover, but I feel (laughs) we're all pretty, uh, which is good. I mean, that's half the point of the show is to spotlight great 
short games. So ideally, we're mostly talking about great games. Um, but this one in particular, I think, is a, is a real standout, and I'm excited to talk to everybody about it. Yeah, if you need a little more before you decide if you want to ditch for spoilers, uh, this game is... Uh, it's not monochrome, but it's very desaturated. It's very atmospheric, very dark. Uh, it's a two and a half D platformer where you're, you know, a lot of it at the beginning is your goal is to run to the right. There's more story over time, but um, you're a little kid and you're trying to escape from maybe? something. And Well, <laughs> maybe like you're, you're a small human like thing. Good hedging your bets there, Laura. Go ahead. <laughs> I haven't finished the game, so there's no spoilers for me. Um, if you've played Limbo, or if you're familiar with the uh, morbid humor of the company who named themselves Play Dead, you die a lot in this, and the deaths are gruesome. I wouldn't. There's a reason why it has a, a 18 plus rating, and it's mostly for the spikes of violence. It's not like there's someone running around with a gun shooting and massacring everybody, but um, you're going to get your neck broken by a dog. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, it's interesting because it's not, um, you know, to go back to Tomb Raider for a second, like it's not Laura Croft going down a river and a, you know, a branch from a tree going up through her chin, through the top of her head. And you see for 15 seconds that she like tries to pull the branch out of her head. Like that's gruesome. Um, it's not I Tarantino th- and it's not The Shining, yeah, but I think it's it's, it's so because it's a kid, <laughs> frankly. And it's realistic. Like the body has weight and mm-hmm. the teeth puncture your neck and you hear the snap and then blood spurts. Yeah. It's a multi-step process. And that's <laughs> the kind of like beautiful touches in this game (laughs) so let's loop back to the look of the game i sound like a serial killer (laughs) yeah yeah we all probably do a little bit let's loop back to talking about the look and gameplay first so first off the game is really really gorgeous you know we all uh, we all played limbo but if you didn't it was it was beautiful by way of sort of stark minimalism it was almost like paper cuts or like shadow plays it was all silhouettes right but uh this game is fully 3d Uh, And the animation in it is absolutely stunning. So from the very first moment, even just the basic walking animations or things like that are are so just the the little animations of everything that your character does, all the environmental details, all of the animation in the game is absolutely like triple A quality, like absolute stellar animation um every time anything moves it looks realistic it looks expressive and interesting you know your character is constantly telling you things about his state by the way that he moves and it changes in different environments and in different uh uh you know different states so first off look at the game absolutely stunning and it carries a lot of that through its really interesting animations not photorealistic, but there's a lot of realism in it, and they pare everything down to its essentials. Your character has no nose and no face and just some hair, but the facial movement, like the way the head moves, the entire body moves, is so distinctive that you know exactly what the character's going through at every second. Mm-hmm. It gets tired um, from a maybe a particularly um, intense chase or something uh, coming out of water, dripping and trying to dry himself off, um, things like that. And and, uh, there's some very, um, I don't know, 
if cinematography is the right word for it, but um, I, I guess so. Uh, there's some very beautiful scenes, um, and a lot of it is even just in passing. Um, so one that like it's within the first like five minutes of the game, uh, and when this game first time, I thought like, wow, this game is beautiful. Is there's a scene where you're, you're running through the woods. You start the game out running through the woods. You got to come out of the woods to a river. And in the background is a bridge with several guards and lights, you know, facing to the foreground. And it's only lit by the lights from the bridge and the moon, which is kind of up into the right of the bridge and casting this moonlight down onto the water. And as you're running across it, uh, like kind of it's not a deep river, but as you're kind of going through it, you know, a dog comes out of the uh, woods and jumps into the water and starts swimming after you and the whole package, like the whole presentation, everything just looks and feels so nice. And the timing of it is perfect where, uh, if you've been running at full speed and you're sweat and you're running, like you'll get out of the water just as the dog gets out of the water. You can tell how much care they took just crafting that scene, that timing, that moment. And that is the whole game. I mean, everything is just, Take it. Everything is taken care of. Everything is noticed. All of the timing, how a person would probably run through it. Of course, if you stumble or you are even slightly slow, the dog gets you and tears you apart, and you die immediately. But like when when it uh, when you do it right, it just feels so good. I mean, some games after you have something that taxing will just add a heavy breathing sound effect and maybe a couple shoulder shrugs. But in this, it takes the same amount of time. It takes your adrenaline to drop after a dog chase for the character to actually naturally get over it. And I feel like, you know, you see, you hear some game developers talking about, like, flow and how to control the pace of the game and how to make sure that the player's emotional arc matches that of the, um, the character and the designer. And we, we talked about this a lot in Journey. I feel like it has that same meticulous crafting of that arc that you have the same spikes of terror as the character. You have the same relief. And, you know, sometimes the character will walk nice and slow off because you have just finished something and the character needs to mm-hmm. get over it. I actually said the same thing. I, uh, I played this game and Molly actually sat beside me and the whole, I played the whole game in one sitting and she was there with me. And I said the same thing, actually, that the, almost the game that this reminded me the most of is maybe Journey. Um, and I know that's weird because Journey's not a puzzle game. Journey's not like you don't really die in Journey and you don't really, you know, it, it's a journey, not a, you know, adventure sort of thing, um, like action or puzzles or anything like that. But the sense of scale and the timing and the focus put on the world um I, I felt journey all over this game. And that is something to go back to limbo. Like limbo is very well designed, but not on this scale. The, the thing that this game really, really nails. I mean, obviously the animation's gorgeous. Laura, you make a really good point about the sound, like the, the breathing and other, it's very stark. There's no music or at least not through most of the game. And, uh, and it, you know, it really draws out this sort of, eerie mysterious mood with its sound or mostly lack thereof but really what this game nailed that really drew me into it was just sort of the story and that's a weird thing to say because the story is is all kind of implied or all sort of just about a sort of central mystery of what is going on why is this character running to the right um 
Limbo had that same kind of thing. We'll talk later, I suppose, about like specifically comparing details between the two. But like Limbo, it also had a, a scenario that was very mysterious. You know, you are this character in this world. We don't know who you are. We don't know why you're there. We don't know why you need to get from here to there. We just know that it's a platform game. We need to go to the right. No big deal. Um, and it had a mystery to it. Um, but for me, something about it made me feel like, I mean, heck, it's called Limbo, like, and it's it's clearly uh, sort of a fantastical world, a, a, like a, a shadow puppet world. And so the implication was, yes, there's a mystery of who am I and why am I here, but you have this feeling like that's a question that I'll never know the answer to truly. Like, you, you know, you, you, you don't go into Limbo thinking, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I'm going to know what's going on. But inside, inside it has like a little bit more grounding in reality. You know, you you start out, you're in a, in a recognizable, real-world-looking forest. And you're running away from creepy-looking but human people. and Driving cars. Driving cars. It's, it takes. It's not, yeah, it's not the – it's like it's like semi-trucks and things – or moving-style trucks, like a moving van. It's like things that you see now carrying flashlights. It's like – Why is this, this child is running right from now? these murderous adults, some yeah. of them wearing masks? Like – What's going on here? And it feels like a real intriguing mystery, but it also feels like one that really draws you in to solve it. I think it's because it's so grounded in what seems like an almost real world. And you very shortly start getting these very evocative hints about like what is going on. You know, there's, it's not just a bunch of crazy adults. We start seeing weird things like dead pigs uh, piled high in, in, you know, bins in this farm area or you know these very strange heavy machines that seem like you know nothing out of the real world that are kind of incongruously taking up huge amounts of space in in what looks like it was a you know an uninhabited city type area so these the mystery kind of piles on and on but it really feels like it's building to something and i felt like it, it really had more story to it than limbo did it really drew me in with its sort of mysterious mm -hmm. story you're not it's not bioshock you're not running around collecting voiceover tapes no one's going to look at a notice on the wall to get more story information there's no graffiti that says like down with name of diabolical organization <laughs> like there's none of that in this game so it's all just Something's off. It feels more surreal than anything else. It's like, you know, it made me think, like, what if Bioshock shut up? <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> like, how different would that game be? And this game is not, you know, they want you to be intrigued and curious and confused and scared. And mm -hmm. it's not going to yell at you. There's so many games right now that confuse story with yelling at you about how smart the developer is. Even games I love sometimes just pack the background full of little details in the background. This game is content to keep you at a distance and hope that you just keep going. Yeah, I, I do guarantee, though, that there is the developers do know what happened, yeah. why this world exists, what it is uh, that led everything to be this way, because you can tell the care into what details are given through the gameplay there's nothing feels um random or just like shock value in this game everything 
is clearly a choice as to what is provided to the player. And a lot of it, like Reagan said, uh, you know, the puzzles are great. We're going to get into those. Um, the great game feels great, but it is really, I felt I was running to the right to know what happened. And it's like a good science fiction book where it explains a piece of tech enough that you know what it functions in the world, but no one's giving the exhibition about when it was invented and how it functions, the fact that it uses electrons in this way. Yeah, it's like a uh, a lot of like uh, good sci-fi like Philip K. Dick and stuff like that, where they just, you are now in this world, the characters will interact with the objects that inhabit this world, and you'll just figure out how it works because of their interaction with it. We don't need a, you know, an old woman in a wolf sweater to drop us a bomb of exposition, uh, tell us exactly how the world works. I'm mostly quoting the movie Mama, if you guys have seen that movie. Uh, <laughs> but we don't need someone to, like, tell us everything. Like, okay, you're, it's, the year is, you know, 2075, and uh, after an atomic, you know, a nuclear war, these pigs have gone crazy. <laughs> they, <laughs> we don't need that. We're just in this world. Yeah, And it's up to the player to interpret it. And there's some really interesting uh, fan interpretations online, if anyone's interested in going yeah. online. We'll talk about the to, uh, the ending, yeah. and we'll talk about our interpre- interpretation sort of post-spoiler break. Uh, and I, I do have to say, though, like, it pays off. Like, it, it, it never gives you a the, – the, the, the developers don't serve this up to you on a platter, but they give you enough to chew on and to make your own choices about what you think is going on in this world, what the meaning of it is. And, you know, being really – smart guys these developers like it just like limbo it works on multiple levels like it's it, it's uh it's both a really interesting concrete story of what is happening to this child running for his life and also, child with no face yeah yeah in a world <laughs> of people with no faces is that an aesthetic choice is that a, is that a story choice we don't know um it gives you a lot to chew on there and it also has the feeling of something that is definitely trying to make a sort of allegorical or um, or sort of subtext kind of based point as well. Like it has more meaning, just like Limbo did. Like you could easily look at Limbo as child runs through terrorscape and eventually stuff happens. But here it's uh, it's also a child running through a terrorscape. Um, and it's, it's, it has a different message than limbo, but it feels like, it feels like in every way, this is an expansion on the ideas of limbo. And it's like a new version of limbo that does everything one step better, literally everything. Well, we haven't talked about level design. I think that was maybe the second thing we covered in limbo, because although the puzzles are great and they're really, really well done, there's, you know, if there's something you notice that's out of place, it's a good hint to move it. Like they do a lot of really good subtle pushes that we love in level design, but we've talked for a wa- long time without going into the puzzles because there's more there there. And in Limbo, it's art style puzzles. That's what the game, you know, lots of deaths. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a lot more than that. It's moodier. It's gloomier. It 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 feels like there's something really terrible happening. Yeah. Well, I I think. And at this point, we've been saying Limbo like a hundred times, but with Limbo, a lot of it is like nature, you know, you're, you're running through and like, oh, it's a giant spider. Oh, it's a weird tribe. Like you're moving through seemingly non-connected dangers. Sure. There is some that have something to do with each other, but this game, 
it's like moving through a fortress. There's pursuit. Yeah. yeah, you are being hunted by these people. Um, they're sending dogs at you. They're, you know, it, it's it's a constant threat that you're aware of. In Limbo, you know, I'm like, oh, what's, you know, what am I going to run into next? Like, you know, a weird cart that's going to run over me or something. You know, like, it's a lot of it is separate. Um, and I think that adds to the tension. Yeah, it feels very cohesive and it feels like there's a build you know to something Let, let's talk about some of the different areas and some of the different puzzles um uh now we're we're going to be talking a little bit more specifics about some early game stuff here if you want this is sort of maybe spoiler break light um but we're gonna have a for real spoiler break before we get into the say like you know serious uh aspects of the final acts of the game but um to to talk a little bit about some of the the level design, like we start in that sort of forest area and all we're really doing is trying to hide from our pursuers. So, you know, trying to time when we go, where we go so that we're not seen. Um, and that feels very familiar. That feels very like, you know, it's a, it's a stealth game. It's a little bit like some aspects of limbo, but the farther we get, you know, we, we escape this forest and get into this creepy farm area with a bunch of dead pigs but before the dead pigs, there's a bunch of chickens. Oh, I forgot about the chickens. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. That was so charming. The little birds. There's levity in this game. You have little bird friends. From time to time. It's not all doom and gloom. Yeah, there, it is is a very, the I'd say the lightest moment of the game is, is about 10 minutes in when you make a bunch of little bird friends. Yeah. Uh, to, to, to briefly explain, there's a, a really <laughs> clever puzzle where you have to uh, knock a, uh, knock a, uh, what's the, what is like a crate off of a rafter in order to use it as a step like a mine cart yeah. and uh the way that you do that is you wander around the farm sort of getting all these tiny baby chicks to follow you and then you feed the baby chicks into a machine that looks like it's going to grind them up but in fact it just sort of launches them into the air and they smack against the side of the crate knocking it down and you're right that was like that was a moment where i was like oh <laughs> I don't have to be afraid for my life anymore. You know, we've we've escaped the humans that are literally going to break your neck if they catch you. And now we have a moment to kind of breathe and uh, kind of play around with these cute little birds. I thought for sure that the birds were going to be ground up and it was going to be their like <laughs> viscera. Feathers popping was, and like beaks yeah. and maybe sad chirps. And it's, they're like bright yellow and peeping and adorable as hell. So it's, cute. They're the only. They have the most, probably the most color in the whole game. It's yeah, I don't know birds. if I would have been able to deal with it if, like, in order to progress, you are required to grind up birds. Like, I, I feel like there's probably a version of this game on somebody's hard drive someplace where that was the plan, and they realized they needed to pull back. <laughs> this is not like super dark, you know, gritty comic book where everyone has to die, Batman versus Superman. This is. You know, they'll let you have moments of lightheartedness just so that two seconds later you walk out of the farm and there's a crate of dead pig. Terrible. Oh, man. The dead pigs were also where you really it really starts hitting home that this isn't just our world, but full of murderers like this is some something really dark is happening in this world. And that's, you know, these piles and piles of dead pigs and you have to start using them to climb over things as like, you know, to stand on these dead pigs. And then finally you encounter that pig that has a white worm kind of squiggling out of its body and it's running around like seemingly dead, but also alive. That mm. immediately first off reminded me of Limbo. I mean, like 
right on the money. It's like they're using the exact same looking yep. thing. These these worms that get into your brain and cause you to behave in in unnatural ways. But rather than getting into the player's brain, they're getting into these pigs and the pigs are trying to run around and kill you and you have to pull the worm out of the pig. It's gross. It's not a uh and it's not a, at this point it's not a puzzler and I saw this we see this in a lot of different instances in the game. It's it's like a action movement thing. When the pig is running at you, you have to time your jump to jump over it and you're kind of deking running back and forth dodging this pig and they they the kind of skill checks of being able to control your guide just right and jump just right or time things just right um isn't really a puzzle game it's you know it's more like platformer skills um so they do go back and forth between you know solving the shoot the little baby chickens at the minecart puzzle followed up immediately by dodging a pig you know dexterity kind of move so yeah it's very uh, it's very varied in the kind of gameplay that you're doing and the mm -hmm. puzzles something that i think this game is like really does well is that the puzzles are never so they're never really all that hard but they do feel like really satisfying once you mm. figure them out um the thing with the pig wasn't hard you know you just have to realize that you need to avoid the pig and if you avoid him in a correct way then you'll get an opportunity to to pull the little worm out of him and he goes back into zombie mode um but like later on, there's tons of puzzles that are they grow in complexity and they get really quite complex, but they never feel like out of, you know, they, they always feel manageable. There's a there's a smooth progression to them. They the game leads you to the solutions if you're looking around enough. There's a there's a really intricate. Um, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but there's a really intricate puzzle uh later on that requires you to collect 20 of something and make it all stand on something <laughs> and at first you i was like oh my god this is it's like a six-tiered puzzle like a six-stage yeah. tiered puzzle same here that that area the mines which is like sort of mid-game like it seems at first like it's incredibly complicated there's you're you're suddenly in an area where you're not just moving from left to right there's branching paths there's all sorts of different areas that you can explore and you know it feels like the level of complexity has just exploded and then yet once you once you figure out what approach you need to take it all falls into place in a really satisfying way it, it like they set you up for something that seems really, really daunting. And then as soon as you get the right idea, mm -hmm. everything, everything makes sense. Which I think is a mark of a great puzzle game. I mean, that, like, you know, it makes me think um, about a game like, say, Portal 2. Sure, there's some really difficult puzzles uh, if you miss something or you don't notice something. But a lot of it is just like recognizing the situation and applying the correct you know, logic or whatever to it. Um, and that typically is my, I, like, I love a good hard puzzle game for sure. Um, you know, some of the like Samogo games and stuff that we've done. Um, but I would much rather have this more natural progression than something that's like, haha, look what we came up with. Good luck figuring it out. And you feel like there's progression. I mean, even with all of the, dogs and humans and things out to get you you are you know if you do die you don't go back too much further um it checkpoints you, often which is great 
checkpoints super often, and I think they realize that it's the it naturally goes back to your last aha moment, and they're spaced out really nicely that you have to keep having new revelations to progress, but there's no point where they take you so far back that you are annoyed that you have to execute a really fiddly bit or, you know, that you, oh, no, you tried 30 times to get a jump. You got three steps further, died. They'll let you go after your jump. Like, yeah. there's lots of really, you know, they want you to feel like you're going to be able to continue with the game. And it it's also constantly introducing new ideas, um, much more so than Limbo, in my opinion. Like, Limbo had uh, had some really clever puzzles and really good ideas, but this introduces what seem like whole new gameplay styles. For example, like, uh, not long into the game, we uh, start, well, first off, I, I noticed early on in the game, wow, the animation of the water in this is really beautiful. I wonder why they spent so much time on this incredibly gorgeous looking water. Well, turns out not too long into the game, we start doing a lot of puzzles involving water and uh, puzzles that involve swimming in water, puzzles that involve things floating on water, puzzles that involve a submarine that you get to ride around in. I, I thought that was one of the most fun parts of the game where the, where the submarine yeah, levels. It's a water, it's a game with uh, a ton of water levels that are great. They're so good. How many times, how many times have we ever said that? I know water levels are like a trope at this point, but I mean, it was great. It was, I was so I mean, sad a, when we had to leave that submarine behind. It was, it was one of the most fun, like vehicle things I've ever seen in a, uh, in a platformer. I was so happy to steal that guy's boat. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. You do steal it from a guy. It's great. Uh, I got your shit. Um, I think I might've said that out loud. I did. I, I know I did. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think we should, you know, at this point talk about what was probably the one of the biggest, uh, you know, kind of aha wow moments of the of the game, uh, something that separates it entirely from most puzzlers. Uh, this- and something that a lot of reviews do consider spoiler, even though it's only like 20 minutes in. Mm-hmm. So if you love the game and you're going to play it and you want it to be completely unspoiled, ditch us. Yeah, mm-hmm. please come back later because we're, we're going to talk all about the rest of the game. Um but yeah, I think I know what, where you guys are going with this. Uh, there, there is something that that is a really clever puzzle aspect that becomes really important to the theme of the game and is part of all of its most important puzzles post, say, like first act. That um, yeah, I guess it is pretty spoilery if you uh, if you want to go completely unspoiled into it. Uh, now would be a good time to uh, to take a quick break. Uh, but we're gonna have a for real serious spoiler break when Laura leaves us here in a minute. And we this talk is about a the- tiered spoiler <laughs> episode, so I'm just jumping in. We've sp- we've talked about spoiler and limbo enough. This whole episode, uh, we're just gonna spend every five yeah. minutes begging our listeners yeah. to stop listening and go play and, limbo. Yeah, but, yeah. Is that it, good radio? Just yeah, listen, I really don't know. Stop, I don't know. We'll stop see. listening to us. Um, so here's the thing. Slowly you start to see, uh, what look like bodies, humans, something in that, in the background laying around maybe, uh, and you get to a gate that you can't open. You can't open it by yourself. It will not open. It's a dead end. But in the background, you see a standing up, but slumped over kind of white body, human body, kind of like wearing overalls. Um, maybe janitor type type clothing and hanging from the ceiling is it looks like a lamp. If you, if you're not looking for anything weird, like it, it looks like it's a, like a lamp hanging out, but this one is 
the first one is obvious, huge, and like right in the middle. And you jump on top of a pig and you <laughs> stick your your character seemingly knowing what they are and what they do, jumps and puts his head into it and gets like clamped, dangling by his head, which has to be a strain on your neck. Uh, I, <laughs> it looks so painful. And all of a sudden, your movements, your controller movements, left, right, jump, and grab, are now controlling the body that's in the background. When you hold left, the body's running left. And then you hit a little button, and a, a gate opens up in the background, and another body comes out. And now when you hold right, you're controlling two bodies. Move left, move right, they run together, and, and you have to do a little quick puzzle to get them both standing on s different buttons to open up the gate that you're trying to get through. And it's like, oh, wow, I did not expect the, like, I, I, you know, it may, like to bring in like a game comparison, it's like the swapper, which yeah. is a fantastic, yeah. uh, you know, Metroidvania puzzler that we did kind of, kind of Metroidvania um, that uses that skill a lot controlling, that one's up to like five bodies at the same time, but um, yeah, controlling sort of multiple character bodies with a single set of inputs so that you can kind of maneuver them into mm -hmm. completing different tasks. Yeah, it's it's very much like the controls of the swapper, um, but it does actually layer on some interesting quirks later on. And I think that's probably too spoilery, but like mm -hmm. that mechanic of uh, using this sort of these sort of in-game uh like remote control helmets to control these zombie bodies uh, becomes really key to most of the rest of the puzzles in the game. And it's a really satisfying puzzle mechanic. It's, it's just as fun as it was in the swapper only here. It's got mm -hmm. this kind of creepier or and, very interesting, like in game plot purpose as well. Yeah. And I only bring up the swapper for people who've played it to understand like the kind of control scheme, um, pretty much after that, there's no other similarities. It's not even really the same sort of puzzles where like with the swapper, you had to get like all of them into one place or you had to collect these orbs and like it, it, the whole point of that game was controlling multiple bodies and, you know, with one thing, this is, it's a, it's pared down, but also in its own super interesting way. And it, it is a little bit more plot heavy, um, or, or plot important though the swapper has also a fantastic twist at the end so go listen to that episode yeah we also did a great, great episode on that one the swapper was amazing i love that game yeah me oh, too man. oh man um, you make me want to go play that again but yeah, yeah i know right? this game has uh like some really clever ideas that just expand the puzzles way above what you were experiencing in uh, in limbo um it's a um uh, it's got a really like that one mechanic gets combined in, with other things in a lot of interesting ways. Um, and it also has these creepy implications about what's going on in this world. Like why are there all of these seemingly dead looking zombie bodies that are just standing around waiting to be controlled? You know, are those human beings? Are they being, you know, robbed of their will in some way or are they robots or what are they? And the mystery of that bodies. kind of drives you forward. Um, and it's heartbreaking to me that, you know, we just abandon them in really out-of-the-way spots sometimes. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, or they no, get like, mushed. Oh. <laughs> like, they, some of them die while they're in your control, and they're like a weird 
gray. Like I always thought of them as like goo bodies. Like I couldn't, cause some of them are very malformed. Some of them are a body, but don't have arms or don't have a head or all sorts of things that like you're clearly controlling them somehow, but why and how, and why are they there in the first place? You'll enter into a room full of them and they're just slumped over on their sides. And then you jump into the mind control helmet and they all stand up. Are they purely like a controlled machine or organism or were they once humans? It, these are all things that I'm asking you, <laughs> you know, like I, 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 yeah, I think we should probably talk about some theories about what is going on, but probably save that for after the spoiler break. But it, it is really creepy. I can offer my uninformed theory. Sure. I mean, to me, they felt like they were brain wiped humans and that they, because there's, there are people who are seemingly controlling them other than you. And Mm -hmm. I felt like perhaps uh, maybe it's just a sci-fi book that I just read about where there's a lot of people who, um, something has gone wrong and there's a lot of people who are reduced. They are less than human and they are, you know, kind of just empty shells of people that can be controlled. Yeah. And I felt like that's what this was and that I felt that there were some really weird bad moral implications of you using them. Yeah. It's like, dark. It's like yeah, it, And why are you being pursued by these humans who like all the humans that you encounter that aren't these husks of of human beings seem to want to immediately kill you. And so what Not what husk is, you, but kill you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So very very dark implications and it never fully explains things but golly if it doesn't get really interesting towards the end and i guess maybe uh, we're getting towards where we probably ought to drop our spoiler break um before we do that i think we should probably just talk about our overall impressions before laura leaves us to uh, to go finish playing the game hopefully uh, if she is able to at some point when her computer decides it wants to work again um before we do that like we should probably just give our final thoughts before the before the spoiler break. I mean, this game is everything that we look for in a game for our show. Like 4 to 5 hours and absolutely like I I spent half the game with my jaw open mm-hmm. like on the floor. The the animation is amazing. The story is fully involving and intriguing. It really just, it hit all my buttons. And I'm a big, you know, music and games fan. And this game is mostly silent and I was, and it was perfect. There, there's, uh, there's music cues that signify generally like a progression, but I, I love the sound design as little as it was like, there's nothing about this game that didn't seem thought about. No, no moment was like, ah, that'll work. You know, uh, I mean, they spent I don't know if they spent the whole five years, but I imagine probably somewhere in that range uh, after Limbo came out. This is you can tell. And, I, you know, it seems worth it. This game yeah. is phenomenal. You see where every minute of that like I thought 
wow, it's been a really, really long time since Limbo came out. Like something must have gone horribly wrong in the development for it to take this long to do a, a five hour side scrolling puzzle platformer. Like I thought, wow, like that that's a problem, right? No, you see where every minute of the five years or more that they spent on this game went. It went into the incredible animations. It went into really deep thinking about like how to tell the game's story without being overbearing or without being too explanatory like it went into like you you see where every minute of that development time went these guys nailed it it is beautiful it is meticulous and it's something that had i not had a driver issue i would have played <laughs> straight through like it's, yeah. it's 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 just um it's very fulfilling Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a weird thing to say because it sounds kind of uh, kind of like I, I'm I'm 100 with you. It, it sounds a little over the top, right? This game was amazing. It was great. Play it. Yeah, <laughs> it's it. suspenseful yet calming sometimes. Um, I mean, the game literally crashed for me because I had a video driver issue, and instead of being mad, I was just like, "Oh, guys, can you we delay a couple days? I'm gonna try <laughs> for two days to fix parallels." It's nothing to do. I mean. If this was running on a the machine that God and the developers intended it to, I'm sure it would have worked like gangbusters. So no one should ever be flop, you know, n- never get mad at someone because something crashed in parallels. It's always <laughs> fault. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just um, saying, like, I am so excited about this game, and I will be replaying it from the beginning whenever I get access to an Xbox One or a Windows machine. And because the ending is so strong. Uh, we do not want to spoil it for Laura, who hasn't quite finished the game yet. So, uh, Laura, thank you for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. Laura, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Laura J. Nash, which J stands for Jane, and everyone knows that. <laughs> now they all know. And, uh, and now I guess we're going to have our spoiler break. Oh boy. Holy shit. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm just, just going to show you the page of my notes that came roughly at this point. Um, and you can see that in very large text, it just says the words, Holy shit. Oh, it does say, Holy. Yeah. And then it says glob, 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 glob. So just to briefly summarize now that the, the three of you who are like lovers of spoilers and just can't wait for us to talk about Every who haven't played the game, you fools, and who are really into hearing spoilers, this bit's for you. Uh, so our child protagonist makes his way all the way through all the various trials and tribulations of the, you know, the underwater segment, and escapes the creepy fishmen, and makes it through the terrifying factory full of zombie humans being inspected by machines, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And drawn ever onward and ever onward, you finally reach what seems finally to be an inhabited area, uh, what seems to be maybe a kind of scientific lab. And Yeah, there's actually people here who are doing a job. They have shirts and ties and glasses, and they're carrying briefcases. That was a huge surprise, because up to this point, my running theory was that Everyone in this world had been reduced to zombiehood and that perhaps even the creepy humans that are trying to murder you are doing so because they are creepy mind control zombies. And my working theory at the time was this is an alien invasion and all of humanity have been reduced to, uh, you Hmm. know, drones. 
Um, and I mean, there's a lot of things that kind of lead you to this idea. Like there's enormous machines that seem way out of scale with anything human beings could build. And there's the, uh, things like the, uh, the mining area or the, uh, the sort of zone by zone breakdown thing here kind of calls it the bridge where there's these huge shockwave pulses that, that rip through these areas. And it really kind of looked to me like something out of independence day where, you know, something was attacking war of the worlds. Yeah. Or, uh, or that the war has been won and that the aliens are in the process of strip mining the planet and, and pulling things out of it. And that this, that all of these gigantic machines that we see are mm. some element of that. That was my working theory at the time. But then we get into this lab and you get through this flooded base and you get into this sort of lab facility and it's inhabited by what seem to be totally normal humans. They have phones on their desks. They have cigarettes smoking in their ashtrays. They have, you know, there's people here, like human people. Video cameras, uh, yeah. t- you know, showing experiments, uh, like glass boxes with these drone, you know, these these zombie people in these glass cages, oftentimes performing menial tasks, though. There's like a a glass cage that has a, a like a fax copy machine going <laughs> and and one of the uh one of the zombie you know beings is sitting there like running the fax copy machine and previous to this we saw one of the zombie drones being uh straight up a janitor had a little hat had a mop and bucket and was mopping the floor so there's some sort of control over these beings from seemingly real humans are able to control them, but also your character kid character at this point is able to control them. Yeah. And, and surprisingly there does seem to be a difference a little bit between these humans, these sort of lab coat humans, uh, and the ones who are out in the woods trying to, to murder and pursue you. And it, it, they, they, these ones more just seem shocked, surprised, maybe a little scared to see you there. Um, yeah, it's really, First off, like th- there's some amazing scenes here where these these people are clearly just sort of going about their day. It's it's a it's a lab, and suddenly huge surprises are occurring. You know, you're running through this area with tons of these uh, you know dummy men, you know, zombie people, kind of following you around, control you know that you're controlling, and and you're scaring the shit out of these workaday dudes who are in here doing some kind of science (laughs) some kind of science another title for the game (laughs) (laughs) it's it's freaking weird right and then finally yeah we're drawn all the way to this gigantic tank and you know Mm -hmm. we've been underwater before at some point not long earlier we actually we've been pursued by these water breathing zombie people with enormous hair terrifying are so scary like mermaid women that i thought they uh, were little boys they, with just enormous hair oh you they thought were, they were little boys okay. yeah yeah i didn't think yeah, that they I were. They, i mean it's yeah. not it's indescript i guess just the long hair made me think of as more like like creepy underwater ladies yeah i just kind of um, thought of them as like well they've been on there so you know they've been submerged so long that their hair has grown into this matted mass very scary looking things Really, really cool. And if they get you, they drown you. Oh, man. And probably the most terrifying one, though, is uh, when you're in the submarine, if they get to you, they punch through the glass, breaking the submarine, 
filling it with water and you drown inside of it. Um, they're, I mean, they're like, they're like the shock terror of the game. I mean, there, there are the, you know, we spoke earlier about the timing of these puzzles, the timing of running across things. There's so many moments that require you to swim exactly perfect to where you jump out of the water as their arms are grabbing oh, at man. you. Oh man. That if you don't do it right, I mean, I feel like I was the only Heart way to palpitations. Get it, yeah. Seriously. It, it's for a game as I would say I don't know if this is the right word for it, but it's like muted as this game often is. That it was some of the most like s- suspenseful, stressful like chase scenes I've had in a game running from that. One of of my deepest fears is this sort of idea of, of, of of something coming up from under murky water and grabbing you Mm -hmm. with bony fingers and dragging you down. And, and that is what this game really evoked in that part. Like those, those creepy fishmen are really creepy fishmen. And then at finally, at one point, these creepy fishmen finally catch you for real and they plug something into you and suddenly and then they let you go. And suddenly after that point, the boy, the the protagonist, I guess, can suddenly breathe underwater, which opens up some really interesting new puzzles. But it also just leaves you this mystery of like, why on earth did that happen? Why can I mm-hmm. now breathe underwater? They're turning me into one of them. What happened here? And it, it's I suppose it's fortunate that we now have that ability because once we reach the center of the facility, uh, there's this enormous tank and you get inside it and inside the tank is this gigantic ball of flesh. It's this sort of pulsing wired up arms and legs sticking out of it. It, Yeah. It's like a gigantic human blob with, you know, tons of body parts sticking out of it. And it seems to be moving and beckoning to you and because it seems to be the thing to do, you unplug the thing from the machinery that's attached to it, and suddenly it essentially swallows you up. You become a part of this blob. And the final scenes of the of the game are this blob in this terrible, you know, in this huge tank, escaping the tank and just wreaking a path of destruction through the the facility you're no longer playing as the boy you're playing as the boy subsumed into this enormous human glob that's just wrecks the place it's absolutely insane you're plowing through walls through like all those uh preset experiments that we were talking about earlier with like the glass boxes with like the the um fax machine you just destroy right through it you're ripping shit off the walls breaking through it's, things it's like katamari damasi but like infinitely more horrifying it's, it's disgusting yeah <laughs> and when it jumps like it has all these limbs and occasionally it'll jump and fall and the you hear some of the limbs break or snap or it bleeds but it keeps moving because it's this just unbelievable unstoppable force at this point by the way like my jaw was on the floor this whole segment blew me away it's groaning and going like sounds oh the best was that when it jumps or at certain moments you hear it make these sort of laughing noises like it, it it's it's enjoying itself even at times like it, you hear this horrible assembly of human parts that also just makes this bizarre assembly of human noises it's amazing and so 
long story short, the rest of the game is this thing trying to escape the facility. So I guess what's what what happened here, Nate? What do you think? What do you think is 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 this? What is going on here? What is this all about? What was that thing? What was going on in the world outside with all the zombie creatures? What? Why was the thing in the tank? What? What happened? Yeah, I I don't have a solid theory for this. I have to say up front, I, the only thing my running theory after having completed it is that humans have somehow managed to create a like a subhuman culture like a not not culture like you know society but like a sub being mm-hmm. made of human parts i you know i don't know if uh, just thinking about it now like some sort of like stem cell esque creation where they've like grown their own humans but those humans come out brain dead and this center mass is like the hive mind and the like core being aware they're you know where the the energy comes from and where what they use to create additional you know like maybe they go in there and like scrape off more and that's what they put into addition it grows more people and they and they've created this like subclass of like slave goo humans that they can control with their little hats or maybe without, maybe without the hats. Cause it seems, you know, it seems like that ability does grow and the, and the hive mind thing has summoned back maybe one of the creatures that got a little sentient, a little more sentient and escaped. That's the kid. Um, Cause one of the big revelations for me at first was, at the start of the game, you feel like you're running away from trouble, but in fact, you're running back into it. You're trying to get inside. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Like what what struck me, and it took me a while for me to put this together, but because I thought, oh god, my main character has just been swallowed by the blob, and he's dead. And why am I controlling the blob now? Mm. But then, in a way, you kind of realize oh, we've always been controlling the blob in a sense, or the blob has always been controlling the boy, and he's being summoned to this blob as as an escape. Like, the blob wants out. This creature, this sort of hive mind that's being manipulated or controlled to to control all of the other, you know, mindless husks, yeah, it's being being used, and it wants out, and, and the the boy that you're controlling through the game, he's it's escape. He's there to save it. And it's Mm -hmm. you're, you're enacting sort of the blobs escape plan. I thought that was really cool. Like that sort of shift at the end, it it was unexpected. It was really sort of what the fuck, like, wow, this thing is huge. It's disgusting. It's completely unexpected, but it's also like kind of, kind of a perfect, like, Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you, you saw all these humans, these seemingly human creatures being mistreated and abused and mind controlled, and you, you want to shut that down, right? But what is this boy going to do? But w- this is really that system rebelling against its masters. Itself, yeah. Yeah, in a, in a really interesting way. I, I thought that was super cool. It's a tricky thing, essentially killing your protagonist 
at the climax of the game. And I like you are right. It's more like evolving the protagonist. Mm-hmm. You're you're assuming control of the the greater being, but you do sort of gain an affinity for what really seems like a child. You are controlling a child or a, a thing that is shaped like a child through the whole thing. So you get this kind of affinity for it, and you become just a disgusting creature that it's groaning and like when it falls like new legs sprout to be able to pick it back up and when you grab something it's like 12 arms come out of it and it's like and you're ripping stuff off the wall you are also through just your actions actually killing people there are um, humans who die several times and you see it through your actions of just rampaging um, and I was at first very taken aback by it. I, I, I was a little like, I don't know if, I guess maybe just shocked is probably the best word. I, mm-hmm. it was so unexpected, but at the end of the game, so here's the, the final ending. you you, you bust out of the facility, roll down a hill, land on a beach, get in the sunlight and seemingly die. And it's just like, that's it. That was the creature's like final journey. It all kind of came together. It, and it just wanted to get outside, right? It wanted like, to feel the sunlight. It had only right? ever been inside. Title of the game. Yeah. O- on one level, it's this story of like this thing escaping, but uh, like you look at something like Limbo, that game was telling more than just the story was more than the sum of its parts. I think that's the case here too. Um, and having finished it and reflecting back on it, I think what they were really playing with a lot here was sort of the theme of control, what has control, what has agency and what, how that relates to like your actions in a video game. Um, like I think about these, like getting to the end where you're controlling the blob instead of controlling the boy that the blob has been controlling the whole time, or at least that's what I think is going on. You think back on some of the scenes where you were then in turn by the the boy was controlling these other humans. And then some of the more complex puzzles, you, the boy is wearing a hat controlling uh, another, you know, one of these zombie human creatures, which in turn has to wear a hat and control others. And sometimes there's these layers to it and it gives you this, it kind of made me think about, well, I'm part of this system too. Here I am sitting, controlling this thing. I'm not using a hat. I'm using a gamepad, but it's part of the whole chain of, of responsibility or chain mm. of, of interaction there. And I, I think that that's sort of part of the theme that they were playing with here. This idea of like, you know, what is control in these sorts of situations or in, in a game like this. And, and apparently, and this is something that I, I haven't experienced myself yet, so I am kind of talking a little bit out of my butt here. But um, <laughs> I, I've read a little bit about there is a secret ending to this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can look up some YouTube videos of it or read some articles about it. There's some hidden items that you can find throughout the game. And if you did find, you find any of them, I found, I think, one of them at one point. But apparently there's 12 or 16 <laughs> or something. I found two and really thought I had like, oh, man, I've. Because we were reading about the extra ending. I was like, oh, I guess we must have missed one or two. <laughs> There's 12. So I'd only gotten two of the 12 and really thought I'd found them. Um, but they're like they're like extra secret puzzles. Yeah. And um, this, this sort of secret ending uh, also, I think, sheds some light 
on you know what the what the ultimate theme uh, of the game is. Uh, but basically, if you find all of those orbs, there's a, p- a point in the game before you kind of give up control of the boy and take over the 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 sphere of flesh, uh, where you kind of uh, disconnect some wiring, and suddenly the boy that you've been controlling throughout the whole game uh, just sort of falls. Uh, useless and all control is kind of gone. Some of the theories that I've kind of seen is that that the boy is kind of unplugging the player. That like when you finally pull that last plug and the game and the and the the boy that you're controlling is no longer controllable. That what you're really doing is disconnecting the the player from that chain. And so I kind of think that's um I think it's hmm. sort of interesting. Like. It's a different escape for that blob. Rather than just escaping to the beach, he's escaping you. He's escaping the game by rejecting the control of the uh, of the player. So I, I think it's I think it's got some interesting theme stuff going on there. I'm probably not the the right person to to you know write the think piece on this, but I think it's a it's a really really interesting ending both because of its amazing visuals and just incredible wtf nature but also because there's there's some theme going on there yeah well and there's some other questions that come up because i don't know if they're doing it for their own safety or if they're doing it to like test the blob but there are humans who sort of assist the blob in getting out of the um facility um sort of testing it, you know, kind of assisting in a couple, because you actually, in the midst of your rampaging, there are a few puzzles that you have to do as the blob, which oh, are yeah. hilarious. I quite liked um, the one where you had to light the box on fire and then hold it while it was on fire and then try to toss it over the sprinklers so that, yeah, that was and really catch clever. It. Yeah, and then there when you catch really it. There were some really great puzzles. Like, it really yeah. felt like, when, uh, like a culmination rather than like things were accelerating, but there were still puzzles. You weren't just steamrolling through. When you catch it, like 12 arms come out of the blob uh, to help catch the, it's like, and helps catch the flaming box. The oh, animation man, yeah. on that thing must have been like, they must've spent a third of their development time just getting that <laughs> thing to move right. It's unbelievable. It's so realistic and yet so utterly un- otherworldly and strange. It's just, it's gross. I don't know. That sort of thing just always grosses me out. I was amazed. uh, Me too. And really, like, I would, because it's, I would say that's the last half hour of a four to five hour game. But it is the, the most jarring of the whole game. I think I spent, I, you know, I, I played that whole thing again. I played this whole game in one sitting with about a 20 minute break early on, um, and that last part was just like a daze of holy shit, what is happening? And it ended and just sat there like silent for like 30 seconds. Just like, what did I just do? What was that? What what was that ending? I, I've never, I, I can't think of another game that has had anything remotely like that as far as tonal shift yet still being like right on yeah i mean this is weird to say because it's a completely different style of thing but um the the closest in terms of like complete almost 180 in terms of like what's going on and yet 
really st- feeling like it's accelerating to something would be that turn in a dark room where suddenly uh, suddenly the game opens up from being essentially like, you know, light fire and, you know, basic uh, mechanic like that to suddenly having this world to explore. Like, mm-hmm. it, and it was so unexpected and it was almost a completely different game from that point forward. And yet it still seemed to build on the same basic ideas or, or themes. Like that's, that's what the way I felt here, obviously it's a totally different kind of thing, but like, I felt that kind of like, Oh my goodness, that's what's going on now. Mm -hmm. And the game doesn't just end here. You mean I have to keep playing and it's so different now? Like amazing. Well, it, and it's so fast and you're crushing things and you're just like, annihilating things this whole game you've been this like stealthy calm even when you're running from stuff your character is is smooth you know and now you're falling over everything and just smashing through walls and come to a wall and you just rip through it where you know the first four hours of the game you have to figure out the the right series of boxes and levers to push to get through it now you just smash through the wall it's it's an it's the opposite game but tonally once you accept what's happening it makes perfect sense and it's and it really it really sets this game in a level that i was not expecting and puts it at a point of pure appreciation because it, it it's not just a puzzle game. Yeah. Hats off to the developers on, on this. Like they, they surprised me. I, I was almost not expecting to love this game. Um, like I, I was, I was ready for a puzzle platformer. I was ready for something more, more or less along the same lines as limbo. And this took every expectation I had and first mm-hmm. met them. It, it, it was like, Oh, you like limbo. Here's something a whole lot like that. But then it immediately started building and building and and just in every way from the tiny subtle details like the animations to just this incredible climax that was a huge surprise and really satisfying and really mysterious, intriguing. It gave you some answers, but it raised fascinating new questions. <laughs> way more. Like, yeah. it, it, on every level, this game was totally satisfying. And so mm-hmm. I think this... So far, this is my favorite game of 2016, without any doubt. And I'm really, really glad that we we played it. So if you haven't played this game and you're still listening to this show, first off, wow, did you ever screw up by listening through the spoiler break. <laughs> but thank you for sticking with us. If you're coming yeah. back after having played the game, I hope you really enjoyed it. And thank you for listening to the show. Goddamn, this game was great. I'm really, really excited to, you know, we'll, we'll be right back here in about five more years to see what play dead does next <laughs> um yeah it, it, as far as games for this show i mean this has to immediately vault into my the upper echelons of the games we've covered for this show yeah absolutely. top 10 and I, I can't think of the ranking right now but i'll do some thinking about it but this is very easily my favorite game of 2016 so far which is really saying something because it's been an amazing year for games so far yeah, and absolutely. I guess that's pretty much all we have to say about that. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us uh, on this episode of the Short Game. Uh, I've been your host Reagan Kelly, and uh, I've been joined by awesome Nate Heininger. Nate, where can people find you on the internet? 
You can find me on Twitter at NateSTL. And you can find me at Reagan K. That's R-A-Y-G-A-N-K. Of course, Laura was our other awesome co-host. Uh, hi, Laura. And uh, she's at Laura J. Nash. The show is also on Twitter at underscore short game or www.theshortgame.net where we have a contact form. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you have a game that you think we ought to check out for this show, we've been getting a lot of great listener recommendations recently. And so thank you guys for yeah. that. And tell us how much you liked inside yeah or if you didn't I, please explain <laughs> I, I don't think we're i think we're done talking about this for the show yeah i don't think we're done talking about this in real life so yeah if you have anything to add about this game let us know because um do you have a theory i'd love to hear it yeah i want to hear a- your thoughts uh, mm-hmm. about that because boy do i you know it's still mysterious to me um our next episode uh we're not totally sure whether it's going to be Quadrilateral Cowboy or something else. Uh, as we record this, Quadrilateral Cowboy is not out yet. It comes out on July 25th. Um, but I've been looking forward to that for a whole long time as well. That's another really long-awaited indie release. If we can finish it in time, that might be our next episode. Otherwise, it might be something else, and uh, we'll be back with you soon. Um, after that, we've got another a whole bunch of other really interesting indie releases coming up. So uh, if you uh, are playing along with the show keep an eye on abzu uh abzu is coming out on the playstation it's a underwater exploration game and boy am i keen for some more underwater segments after playing inside (laughs) um and a bunch of other cool stuff coming up too so um so keep an eye on this same channel and um oh leave us a review on itunes we always appreciate that and i guess thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the short game